Jam in the AM on this uh, Wednesday morning broadcast. Jeff Balaban is with us. He's chairman of the Iron Dome Alliance, senior fellow at the Center for Statesmanship and Diplomacy. He's a political and media strategist, a conservative leader, and a Jewish activist. Represents corporate and not-for-profit clients and consults for elected officials and political candidates in both America and Israel. Uh, We also know each other longer than either of us care to admit. Jeff Balaban, welcome back to JM in the AM. Great to be here, Nachum. How are you? Uh, Good. I appreciate that. Uh, Well, let me ask you this. Is the Republican uh, platform now officially set in stone for next week's convention? You know, uh, uh, there was a possibility of a minority report, of some dissent. didn't happen. It was a standing ovation, passed through, and there is no realistic way that this is not officially uh, officially the platform. And the platform... confirmed it on the floor, but it's just not an issue. And the platform includes what about Israel? What could you tell us that uh, which points were made and what was included vis-a-vis Israel? So the, the platform really is uh, is a breakthrough in uh, in many respects for Israel. Uh, the Jewish press, I think, called it the pro-Israel wish list. And uh, what, what's been included specifically, for example, is uh, not only does it obviously recognize BDS as anti-Semitic and as, an, as a movement that seeks to actually destroy Israel, but it actually directly calls, but it calls out the fact that Israel is not an occupier. So whereas the Democrats are debating whether or not to include the fact of Israel as an occupier of overtly and how or not to uh, react to Israel as an occupier, the Republican platform flat out declares that Israel is not an occupier, and therefore gutting the entire underpinning of hostility to Israel and BDS. It also excludes any mention of a two-state solution or a Palestinian state. And that is very, very explicit and clear. It is not America's job to dictate terms to Israel, to force Israel to any particular solution, to dictate the borders or the security of Israel, that is up to Israel's sovereignty. It, it, by the way, creates no impediment to Israel pursuing the path of a two-state solution if Israel seeks to do it, but it does not push Israel to do that. Uh, If we go back four years, how different is this, if in fact it is different, from the Republican platform in 2012? Well... Uh, those things I mentioned were not on the platform, on either party's platform in 2012. And unfortunately, in 2012, the, the usual word, undivided or indivisible Jerusalem, that word was taken out. It did not say undivided Jerusalem or indivisible Jerusalem. That word has been put back in. The reason it was taken out in 2012 was efforts by, I think, very misguided efforts by some, to try to show that there's no difference between Democrats and Republicans. And when the Democrats dropped it, they lobbied the Republicans to drop it as well. But that has now been put back in both platforms. Jeff Balaban is with us. How did we get to this point? Uh, why is it that Republican leadership went in this direction? Well, this is really where the, the heart and soul of the Republican Party is. The, uh, all the polling for years shows that the vast, vast majority, by which I mean 85%, between 80 and 85% of Republicans feel this way about Israel versus the Palestinians, uh, the Republicans do not believe in a two-state solution. The Republicans do not really understand why there's been a pursuit of a state, of a Palestinian state in Judea and Samaria. And the problem has been, as I say, there's been a, a pressure exerted by, by the Jewish community on some level. You know, there's this famous notion that it's all bipartisan, support for Israel is bipartisan. And in some vague sense, it's true. Both sides do have some positive feelings towards Israel. But policy-wise, there's a vast gap between them. 
So what happened now, the way we got here now, was a concerted effort by a number of people to really unshackle the Republican Party from the pressure of certain interest groups that have been trying to make it sound just like the Democratic Party. And uh, I think that President Obama's hostilities, evident hostility to Israel and the terrible Iran deal that was pushed through not only by President Obama, but by many Democrats who claim to be friends to Israel, simply broke the back of this nonsensical idea that both parties are the same. And it freed up the Republicans to say, you know what? We do not agree with that. We're not going to behave like them anymore. We're not going to even pretend to be like them anymore. We're simply going to you know, carve out our own path. Hmm. Jeff Balaban is here, chairman of the Iron Dome Alliance, senior fellow at the Center for Statesmanship and Diplomacy. Uh, does the platform tell us anything about the presumptive Republican nominee? In other words, four years ago, we now hear the difference between the platform of four years ago and today. Does who leads the Republican ticket have a big effect on what the platform says? That is the million-dollar question, and uh, I'm glad you asked it. So going into this, uh, going into the negotiations over the platform or the work that Iron Dome Alliance was doing over the platform, we really had no idea where Donald Trump stood on issues. There were mixed messages publicly, although I thought he gave an extraordinary speech at APAC. By the way, so did the audience, standing ovation. But then, of course, APAC leadership went ahead and <laughs> condemned him for being critical of Obama and the Iran deal, which was an extraordinary moment. But in the course of working on the language in the days and weeks leading up to the convention, uh, to the platform meeting, uh, we had a chance to work closely with two of his named Israel advisors, Jason Greenblatt and David Friedman. Mm-hmm. They are personally exactly in line with this. They were not just receptive, they were absolutely motivated to push through language like this. Every word was vetted very carefully with them. They contributed to the process. And I really have come to believe, through my dealings with them, that uh, when they say that they believe that this is exactly where their boss is, and they've known him for decades, uh, this is really where he is. Hmm. Are you uh, enthusiastic about the Trump nomination? You know, <laughs> very open about it. I was an anybody but Hillary guy. I would say I'm still an anybody but Hillary guy on every level. She really frightens me on uh, on not just foreign policy but on domestic policy as well. But uh, but because uh, directly because of the work that I've done now with his Israel advisors, I am very enthusiastic about it. I mean, I don't know where he stands on many other issues, but on Israel. I've become persuaded that he's just broken the mold. He's not he, because he's an outsider. Because he doesn't care about, uh, you know, what Washington thinks. He's willing to endorse positions like this, which everyone knows is true. Republicans understand full well that a two-state solution, certainly for the foreseeable future, will be devastating to Israel. They've just been going along with the pressure from interest groups. Now they're walking away because Donald Trump is really saying, "Go ahead, walk away." Right, and maybe even more importantly, they're really leaving it up to Israel. So. Well, that, well, that's it. You know, it's interesting that the, the, the left is going crazy over this and saying this is anti-Israel because, you know, really Israel supports a two-state solution, so why don't the Republicans? The answer is, first of all, the Israeli government has written guidelines, and two-state solution has not appeared there since 2015. So it's simply false to say the Israeli government supports a two-state solution. That is absolutely not the Israeli government's position. By the way, we still don't understand why APAC claims that it is. It is black and white, and it's not a matter of opinion. It is not the Israeli government's position. I, I guess uh, the point is that they, Israel always seems to keep it on the table. Well, Israel keeps it on the table in large measure because of pressure from us, 
her greatest ally that Israel relies on in international forums like the UN and the International Criminal Court, so <laughs> the EU, it relies on us to help them. And we keep on putting pressure to, to, to pay lip service to this idea. But, we're, but there's nothing in the Republican language that says anything about any kind of an impediment to Israel pursuing it. And obviously America will support Israel. The point is we're not forcing that issue now. Right. And that's an extraordinary leap forward that really respects Israel's sovereignty for the first time. You mentioned earlier that uh, occupier or reference to Israel being an occupier is not included in the Republican platform. Uh, and you mentioned the importance of that regarding BDS. How do you view the BDS movement at the moment? Would you call it... Uh, uh, it's a movement that's accelerating. Would you call it uh, something that's just the opposite, that it's coming to a uh, to a halting end? Um, would you say it's got some momentum? How would you evaluate the way the BDS movement is going, especially in this country, over the last, I don't know, half a year to a year? So let's talk about the significance of saying that Israel's not an occupier. The truth of it is, we're coming up on 2017. We're coming up on 50 years since the liberation of Judea and Samaria, since the reunification of Yerushalayim. And yet, the narrative of the, of the leading Jewish pro-Israel groups is still two-state solution. It's still that Judea and Samaria is some form of occupation, that Jews don't belong there somehow, that we're just biding time until we can get those pesky Jews out of there. That's why we broke this, in this in, that's what we pushed. And by the way, when I say we, there were a number of groups and individuals involved in just our Dome Alliance. We were very, very, very proud to be involved in this. But the reason it's important is, as you say, it, it, it undercuts the entire underpinning of BDS, which, listen, if Israel really is an occupier and we're oppressing an indigenous people that have a right to their own state, maybe we should be boycotting Israel, right? But if Israel's not an occupier, really there's no excuse whatsoever right. to try and create economic pressure on Israel. It takes away the premise. What, That's exactly right. What, what about the momentum? In your view, BDS... Uh you know, for, not that I'm wishing them well, but but they're 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 doing they're progressing in their mission or not? You know, there there's arguments. <laughs> Every time I see another article that says that BDS has failed somewhere, I feel good that BDS didn't win, but I feel like it's missing the point. So long as we're debating what to do about the Israeli occupation, so long as we're debating the the specific ways in which to boycott or divest or sanction Israel. We're losing. The point in this, in what, what happened with this discussion over the Republican platform is to say, <clears throat> we're going to stop playing defense, and we're going to start playing offense. We are going to declare that Israel is not an occupier. So my point is, as long as we're playing defense, we're losing. The only way to win is to fight to win. And when we push this language, right, that's people true. are afraid. Right. And they're saying, yeah, but if you claim that Israel's not an occupier, what if you lose this debate? Mm-hmm. Right? There's a fear factor there. Mm-hmm. Won't that simply reconfirm that Israel is? And the answer is, we've lost that debate. We have to recapture it. Every time we go on the offensive, we can only win. When we play defense, we can only lose. And I want to say something. We have to learn from our enemies. In 2000, Yasser Arafat started saying there were never temples in Jerusalem, right? There were never, right. Jews didn't own Jerusalem. And people laughed because it sounded crazy. Fifteen years later, the New York Times is reporting about the genuine controversy over whether, I mean, whether there were temples in Jerusalem. Right. That's what happens. Yeah. And so we have to push the truth and stop being afraid about losing. We can only win when we're pushing. Uh, are you concerned, especially vis-a-vis Israel? You've, uh, I mean, it's it's uh, no secret that uh, Israeli policy, foreign policy, is extremely important to you and to whoever... Um, 
uh, is concerned about Israel. Are you um, paying careful attention as to who will be the vice presidential nominee on the Republican side with that in mind? I'm paying careful attention, but it's out of my control, and so I'm just waiting to see, to be honest. I, I focus on things that I can control. By the way... So then I can't, uh, I, can't even, I can't even ask you for a prediction, then, of Hillary versus Trump, because you can't control that. <laughs> that's true. You can't really. I mean, you can ask me. <laughs> you can ask me. Um, but uh, let me, I just want to say this, because I don't know how much time we have. I want people to really recognize that, that this Representative Alan Clemens from South Carolina, right. who is a delegate who brought this language forth, and who was involved in drafting and involved every step of the way, is extraordinary. He's an extraordinary hero for Israel. He's someone that maybe most people don't know about, but he's literally the first legislator in the nation to bring forth anti-BDS legislation. South Carolina became, because of him, yeah, to, do so, to, do, to, to do so on a national for a long time. To do so on a national level, I don't want to take away from those who've locally, you know, been championing the cause. No, 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 I'm not taking away at all. I'm saying, right. he, but he, no, he was the first one. Right. That's what I'm saying. No, no, there are many heroes, many heroes, uh, on the issue that have taken it up and continue to fight. I'm just saying that he was the first one. So he's been a hero for a long time, and, and I'll tell you that this first began in a conversation that he and I had in Cafe Ramon in Yerushalayim in 2011. <laughs> We started talking about it's time to change the Republican platform, and so he he has been the the leading light and really an incredible warrior. And if and if listeners have not seen his speech to the platform committee, it's worth seeing because C-SPAN three has now posted just that section alone because it was historic, and it's, it's beautiful to listen to him. A friend of mine who lives in Gushetzion literally called up to say that she's crying watching it. It was so powerful, mm. and he got a standing ovation afterwards. And I'll tell you something. We were so anxious going in to know whether this would succeed, and we had nothing to worry about. As soon as he brought it up, this is where the Republican Party is. It was amazing. Interesting. Jeff Balaban is with us. So before you go, uh, Trump versus Hillary. I know the conventions haven't taken place yet, and a lot could happen over the next two weeks, especially when it comes to polling and feelings in the United States. Uh, what do you think? You know, <laughs> I don't like calling these things Malcolm. It, it, it really can go either way. I think that uh, I think that it's it's, it's going to be a battle of negatives. As long as each side can keep the focus on the other side, they're like they're more likely to succeed. Wow. Every time the side puts itself forward, it, you know, it looks bad because there's just too many negatives. So I don't know what kind of discipline both parties, both campaigns have to do that. And I know that people decry lament negative campaigning it works generally it's the only thing that's going to work here for either side so i don't know wow it depends on how much camp uh, campaign discipline they have what does that say now, about I'll tell you one thing Nahum, this issue the difference between the parties on israel this should make a difference now and that's something which we're proud of jeff i thank you continued success all right all Je the best to you Nahum. good talking to you jeff balaban chairman of the iron dome alliance senior fellow at the center for statesmanship and diplomacy and as you heard somebody who has been championing for years a change in the republican platform and uh, that is now official wednesday morning broadcast at the uh, 13 minutes before eight o'clock as we continue here at jm in the a.m <laughs>